The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Welcome back to the program. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in today, nine minutes after nine o'clock on a sunny, gorgeous Tuesday morning with a high today, right around 85. It's going to be an unbelievable day. Hope you have something planned outside. You don't get stuck inside all day. I'm going to try to get outside as much as I can. Uh, it is uh, Tuesday, the ninth day of June. It's got some cool stuff coming up, including a uh, scavenger hunt sponsored by Balance of Nature. Uh, right now, no, it starts next Monday. But what you want to do is you want to get one of the uh, one of the shirts, one of the Balance of Nature shirts. They're free. Just go pick one up. It's a House of Bounce. Today from 4 to 6 p.m. is where you get your free shirts today. Uh, and the reason you want one is when, when they have the scavenger hunt starting in Monday, it'll be all like next week, and, and uh, there we go, they'll, they'll have these little QR codes that you scan into your phone, and that says that you found it. Uh, if you win one of the prizes with the scavenger hunt, if you're wearing a shirt when you do it, let's take a little selfie of yourself wearing a shirt when you do it, your prize is doubled. So it's worth picking up a free shirt over at the House of Bounce today, 4 to 6. There will be locations all week long leading up to Monday's beginning of the scavenger hunt brought to you by uh, Balance of Nature. So that's that's kind of a cool deal uh, there. All right, a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. And, of course, we'll be taking your phone calls at 673 uh, first of all, I, this is fascinating to me, and, and I wonder how you feel about this. Um, there's a new poll out there suggesting people are still not comfortable being in large groups at this point in the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, this is a little report by Tom Roberts. is what he has to say. The poll, released by NBC News and the Wall Street Journal, reported 66% of voters would not want to attend a large gathering or get on an airplane. 63% of respondents say they always wear a mask when they leave the house, and only 8% say they never wear one. The poll comes at a time when all states are at least partially open and continue a phased approach to reopening. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio. 66% of us, well, of those polled, uh, say they will, they're not comfortable going to a large gathering and uh, they will not get on an airplane during this pandemic. That's fascinating to me. And, and so I would ask you, would you uh, go to a sporting event? If Dixie, Dixie State football home opener, if it was uh, tomorrow or next week or this, this coming Saturday, would you go to it? Uh, will you go to an American Legion baseball game this summer? Besides the fact that it's going to be really hot. Uh, would you would you go to it for or would you not go to it for other reasons? Uh, when football starts up, when uh, when the plays begin again out at Tuacon or uh, up in Cedar City, Shakespeare. Although it's the, the, this Shakespeare season has been canceled, but uh, how comfortable are you going and gathering in public places? Would you get on an airplane? That's an interesting question to ask. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Seth, long time no talk. What's up, man? Uh, I'm really tired of Corona and riots and presidents and Bidens and Romney and all of these people that are consuming my time. Uh, But I'd like to talk about something that maybe um, might affect your health. Do you eat peanut butter? I love peanut butter. Huh. Do you ever bother, bother to read the ingredients in it? Uh, yeah, I've read the ingredients. Um, and I, I try to get the ones that don't have sugar added, so that helps a little bit. But uh, is there something you're concerned about in particular, Seth? Uh, 
I'm just going to read one I bought at the Family Dollar. It's called uh, Chestnut Hill Creamy Peanut Butter. Okay. And it says, um, uh, contains peanuts. Well, okay. That's fortunate. That's the first ingredient. That's a good thing, yeah. Yeah. Second ingredient, sugar. Mm-hmm. A lot of sugar. It contains um, a fully hydrogenated vegetable oil. Okay. And it says here that the vegetable oil is either cottonseed, uh, soybean, or rapeseed. I don't know what a rapeseed is. Huh. Well, it's a plant that grows in Canada. Oh. And, and uh, uh, the, it's toxic, this thing called rapeseed. I mean, it's got the word rape in it, of course. <laughs> yeah. And nobody would want to use rape oil. No. And that's what they're they're talking about. But when they process it, supposedly, uh, I don't know firsthand, but if you squeeze the oil out of a rapeseed, you're gonna um, it's toxic and you might become very ill. But they've got to process it and bleach it and do all kinds of chemicals and things. Highly processed oil, and it's done by the Canadian oil company that specializes and it makes canola oil. Ah, Canadian oil. I get it. Canola. That's where yes, that comes from. Except there is no such plant uh, as a uh, canola plant. You can't go plant a canola plant. You have to plant rapeseed. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And then it's, uh, uh, it's got other things in it, salt, and it's got dextrose and other sugar in it, molasses, and um, mono uh, uh, mono sodium glutamate. No mono no. Uh, uh, glu uh, glycerides. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's totally unhealthy. I'm using it for another purpose. I'd like to feed it to my squirrels and, and my rodents because they really like peanut butter. <laughs> you just uh, said how unhealthy it is. Are you trying to kill your squirrels and, and rodents? Yes, they're eating all of my grapes oh, okay. and they're eating all of my fruit because they really like the stuff I grow. So I, what's your point here? Are you trying to tell me we should not eat peanut butter? Because I don't. that's not going to fly very well in my family. Okay. Uh, there's a kind of peanut butter that I, if I ever use it, but it's not on the diet that I, I usually follow. Um, I'm saying that read the ingredients, and if you don't understand what those ingredients are, Look them up online. Yeah, do and, some research. Yeah, yeah, and and there's I said and another suggestion: read the ingredients of everything that's processed, unless you make it yourself. Mm. And you and can, and best case scenario, make everything yourself that you can, right? Yes, you can. Uh, you can go to the health food store; they'll grind it up for you. It separates. There's you know, it it takes a little maintenance for once you cool it down. And, and uh, there is a kind of peanut butter it's called, and I, I don't work for Adam's Peanut Butter, but well, it's heard of great yeah. peanuts and oil. And, of course, you've got to mess around with it and stir it up and put it in the refrigerator. Sure. But at least the only ingredient, I think, is peanuts. Roasted peanuts. And so, that's where it should be. Except yes, and, and so um, if you're going to use these, anything that you buy... Read the ingredients first. Good advice. Stay informed. Thank you, Seth, for the call. Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy. Good morning. 
Andy, how are you this morning, sir? Good. Good to hear your voice. What's up? Hey, I was just calling to say you're going to be able to see the space station flyover. Oh, really? When's uh, that? The next several days. Yes, sir. It's going to start tonight, but it's unfortunately it's going to be around uh, just before 8 o'clock, and I don't know if it'll be dark enough. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Near, near the end of the week, first of next week, you'll be able to see it early in the morning. There's a website you can go to. It's called Heavens Above, Heavens-Above, and uh, it gives you the location, the times, and the azimuth, where to look, and it even shows you a little map of where it's going to fly. And it sounds like the, cl- the skies will be clear over the next week or so, too, so we'll be able to see that. That's really cool. Thank you for the reference. You bet. Have a good day, guy. Appreciate you, too. It is, uh, let's see, 918. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Mike Miller from the Alzheimer's Association is going to join me. they got some events coming up. Uh, the statistic is kind of staggering. 10% of our population here in southern Utah is dealing with Alzheimer's. 10%. That's one out of every 10. We'll talk with Mike about that a little bit. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Well, good morning there, Andy. Good morning. How are you feeling today? <sighs> Worn out. <laughs> Me too. Kind of, kind of news fatigue right now, huh? Oh, beyond. The, the ignorance, the stupidity, it just, it's sick. Um, and uh, every day you hear more and more like our good, wonderful Mitt Romney. Hey, folks, aren't you all glad you voted for him? He's that rock-ribbed conservative he said he was, huh? Mm, not quite, but yeah. <laughs> well, anyhow, uh, just to let you know, um, and uh, Mayor Pike holding up his uh, white silence equals black death sign and all of that stuff. I don't know if they understand who they're in league with. Mm. And and if they would pay some attention to what's going on out there, they would know. And just the other day, one of these wonderful, peaceful protesters on a bullhorn telling police officers, take out your guns, put them under your chins, and pull the triggers. Kill yourselves so we don't have to tear you apart. Wow, where was this? Uh, it was one of the protests somewhere you could, I don't know, the, the way they're leaving the uh, YouTube and all of that stuff so untouched. You may and you may not be able to find it. Right. But uh, the Limbaugh, I believe it was Limbaugh show, played the clip. Hmm. Pathetic. That is just pathetic. Or so, No, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. It was Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck, okay. Yeah. I... But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, this is this is what's going on out there. This is what the left calls peaceful protest. You know, and we're hearing all the talk about defunding police officers, uh, police stations and dismantling them and getting rid of them. And, uh, well, people are stupid enough that they're going to go for that. <laughs> and uh, neighborhoods will then turn into the Wild West, which, if you remember right, that's what the left always says every time you say, I want to own a gun legally. It's going to turn into the Wild West. There's going to be bloodshed in the streets. And they're trying to make sure it's going to happen, huh? That sure sounds like it. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but this sounds a lot more like an insurrection than a protest. Mm. And ask yourselves, what does George Floyd being killed here in the United States have to do with protests in the U.K. and France and everywhere else? Yeah, I I, I don't, you know, the, the mayor of London came out and said, well, why are we doing this? And I don't know. If there's a good answer. Why? Why are there protests in London? It has nothing to do with with any of this. Well, I mean, I don't know why there's protests in the United States personally. So, 
Uh, well, if you look into it, you're going to find that groups like Antifa have really long tentacles. Yeah, they do. And um, it's amazing how there's supposedly Black Lives Matter chapters in uh, London now and uh, in France. And, um, well, I just I kind of find it funny. And I heard this this morning that people over there in the U.K. are running around chanting, hands up, don't shoot. The last time I checked, British police don't even carry firearms. No, no, they, they got nightsticks. That's, that's, that's their, uh, yeah, that's their uh, form of discipline there, the nightsticks. So. so then shouldn't it be hands up, don't hit? <laughs> it should. Don't, don't smack me. Yeah, yeah. But, but seriously, in the stuff that's going on out there, you know, and, and now you've got idiots talking about if you're against the rioting and the looting and the burning and the destruction, well, then apparently you're a materialist because property means more to you than human life. That's right. That's um, right. Let's, let's take a look at how many people have been severely wounded and killed by protesters. It's so, it, it's so, it, uh, thanks for the call, by the way. It's so backwards right now. I, I just don't. I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around the logic involved. And I know you get mob mentality and logic goes out the window, but this isn't just mob mentality. These are planned. These are premeditated attacks and, and uh, you know, black people destroying their own neighborhoods, protesters destroying, you know, you could have been be their friend, but guess what? If you parked your car in their pathway, they're going to turn it over and start it on fire, and they don't care. The logic baffles me. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, uh, line one, how are you? Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi and her little group, wore African scarves around their necks to take a, a knee in honor of uh, George Floyd. And uh, I, I saw a, an African lady who was very offended by the fact that they were wearing African scarves. They didn't even know, you know, the fabric they were using was... Uh, I don't know, someplace in Africa. Anyway, she was very offended that they were wearing those. Uh, George Floyd wasn't an African. He was an American. That's right. And that was kind of ridiculous that they, and then they're all, they're all, they took a knee for eight minutes. Well, I can barely get down on my knee for eight minutes. I wish they would have shown them trying to get all of those people <laughs> trying to get back up. Wasn't that that would have been hysterical. Was but Nancy's was like 78 or something? <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah. It's, I go and down for eight minutes. Forget heels. it. Yeah, I go down for eight minutes on a knee. I'm not getting up. That's I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. But anyway, yeah, there was a lot of people very, very offended that that they were wearing those African scarves. You know, it was just. Yeah, I agree. I ridiculous. I, I agree with you, and, and in fact, the, uh, thanks for the call. I think the picture is actually comical to see them all with their social distancing and their masks and their African scarves. And they're trying to look like all of a sudden they care about the about that cause. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Good morning, Andy. Well, I'd like to answer your uh, question that you uh, posed. I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Uh, well, I no, I wouldn't get on an airplane right now, and I certainly wouldn't go to uh, a sports event where there's multiple folks around. And the reason, and it, it has everything to do with timing. Um, you know, here in our uh, in our area, we're experiencing a spike right now. Mm -hmm. 
and to go into large crowds and, and to uh, intermingle because uh, everybody I well most everybody I see seems to think that well it's gone it's all over we don't need to distance we don't need to wear masks and so the, my concern is is that by us gathering together again we're just going to continue to add to this and so I think uh, it's all about timing and right now um, no I I don't think uh, that would be wise and it's not because I'm afraid of dying from it. You know, there's a lot of focus on, well, look how few people have died. All right, well, let's look at the people who have recovered. A lot of those people will never be the same again. And all you have to do is just do a little research, and you'll find out that there are thousands, maybe even hundreds, <coughs> excuse me, hundreds of thousands of people that have been harmed so badly that they can't go back to their previous job. Their lungs have been damaged. And so I think the best uh, approach is just don't get it. And, and by the way, um, I just, you know, you've mentioned many times that, well, you don't know anybody that's got it. Well, that was my case until about three days ago. I now know somebody. In fact, there's two people I know that have it. And, you know, we're, we're spiking. In the last two days, we've got 38 new people in this area. I think it's really kind of uh, irresponsible for us not to take that seriously and remind folks, hey, it hasn't gone away. In fact, in our little Washington County, uh, it's growing pretty rapidly. And by the way, uh, now that you mention it, I, in the last uh, few days, I actually now know a couple of people that have it as well. So you're right. It's on the rise. Uh, what yeah. A lot of people will say, well, let's just get it and get it over with. Uh, if it, uh, The only way it's ever going to go away is if everyone gets it. What's your response to that? Well, I think that's foolhardy because the whole point in the first place was try to uh, keep it flat in the curve so we didn't overwhelm the hospitals. It sounds like we've thrown that uh, out the window. And if we continue on the path we're going right now, uh, yeah, and a lot of people don't have to go to the hospital. I just hope that, you know, those folks out there that are saying, let's just go out and get it, I hope you're not one of the ones that are going to get a really bad case and perhaps change your life forever because of your health. Yeah, well said, well said. Thanks for the call today. Great to talk to you. You bet. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Hey, just wanted to make a comment about uh, the protest that's going on. You know, our illustrious leader uh, of Utah, Mr. Romney, is yeah. now against our president. What's going on and what can we do to get rid of this guy before he does some real serious harm? Here's that's the it. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. Here's the thing with Romney that I I don't I don't understand is, uh, you know he 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 seems to have a personal grudge with President Trump. But Mitt Romney is theoretically a Republican, and his goal, if you're a Republican, is to make sure your president, who's a Republican president, gets reelected this coming fall. And Mitt Romney, at every turn, is criticizing the president. Now, I throw everything out, throw personalities out, throw everything out. If you're a Republican senator and you have a Republican president, your other choice, come November, the only two choices are going to be the Democratic nominee, which will most likely be Joe Biden, and your current incumbent Republican president. So what is Mitt Romney's endgame here when he criticizes our president at every turn? Is his endgame to get Joe Biden elected? Is that what Mitt is after? Is this end game to get Utahns to turn against the president? I I don't understand it if that in fact is what he's going for, uh, because as much as he doesn't like Mitt Romney, does he like Joe Biden more? Is that what he's shooting for? Really? 
Man, I hope not. Let's go. We got time for one more call before we go to weather break. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Andy. Uh, question. Yeah. Did COVID nineteen go away with all the marchers as they <laughs> gathered together? As our uh, mayor Pike, I believe, went hand in hand down the street with people. Did they not have the fear of COVID because? With all the people who've gotten together in crowds over the last 12 days, we will have the biggest outbreak of COVID we had before, like when it started. And I don't think these people realize what they've done to themselves. And black people are more subject to it. And every black person marched. That's right. That's right. When was... COVID hits them, are they going to cry and say, what happened? Mm, mm, good take, good good point, and, and a good call. I agree. You know, that's one of the things that with these marches. I think that the, at this point, the police are so afraid of another incident that they can't afford to enforce anything on these marches. And uh, of course, what are you going to do anyway when you when when you're talking about social distancing? They're not going to arrest people for being too close together. Uh, so that that whole that whole protest thing is, I mean, obviously protesting is legal in this country, and it's encouraged. But protesting when you, you you know you've got a pandemic going on and you're not supposed to be close together, right there it's it's quite frankly it's against the if it's not against the law it's against better judgment, and then of course then you throw in the rioting and it becomes really against the law and I don't know I don't know when we talk about a spike and 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 COVID making a comeback, uh, well riots and protests are gonna are gonna help that right along aren't they. Welcome back to the program. Thanks to those of you that have called and participated in today's show. We've got uh, Mike Miller on now to uh, join me. Mike is from the uh, Alzheimer's Association. Mike, how are you this morning? Doing great, Andy. Good morning. Good to have you here in the building. Now, we're not in the same studio as per custom because of the new Cherry Creek Corporation rules, uh, but uh, I can see you through the window. Same here. So Same here. What are we, about 15 feet apart now instead of six? So. <laughs> and two glass walls separating uh, that's, us. That's right. So how's, how's life? What's going on in, the, in your world? Well, it's uh, going really well. I, I'm a little bit out of sorts. I was on a two-day camping trip up north and really? uh, had a little snow Sunday night. I was going to say, it got cold, didn't it? It, it did, yes. Uh, so it was fun, but uh, had a great time up in uh, Fish Lake area and then swung through uh, Route 12 and on into Bryce Canyon. Nice. Yes. And, it was, and it was cold. It was chilly and windy. I mean, my goodness, oh. we could have done uh, great business if we were selling uh, wind speed. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm glad you're safe. Me too. Uh, I hope you had a good one of those, uh, those zero-degree sleeping bags to sleep in. You were... <laughs> we made it through. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. So uh, I, I, didn't, I know June is Men's Health Month, but it's also, uh, I'm I seeing it's Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. Yes, it is. You made a great uh, segue earlier in your segment talking about 10% of population 65 and older having dementia or Alzheimer's disease. That's a, a staggering number. Yes. Really. And, and you know, I, I noticed one of the talking points on here, and, and I mean the joke all the time is, uh, oh, Alzheimer's. Like, I can't remember where I left my keys. Alzheimer's <laughs> yeah. is setting in. I mean, it's, it's kind of facetious and funny, but at the same time, uh, maybe we need to try to distinguish between uh, just getting old and being a little bit forgetful and, and in what Alzheimer's really is. Yes, and, um, you know, I'm okay with people making jest of it a little bit. At least it's opening the door to conversation. And 
people will bring up some examples to me about what they currently do. Oh, I forgot about this, or I couldn't remember this. Is that Alzheimer's or old age? And I say, mm. well, let's talk about it a little bit more. If you can't find your keys, but you rewind your videotape, and then you follow that path you were going in, and you go, oh, yeah, wait, I left them over here. Mm. No problem. But if you find them in the freezer, uh -oh. then you might start to wonder. Mm. Um, and there's that classic uh, situation that we many that many of us face where we walk into a room and we stand around and we say, what did I come in here for? Done that many times? Yeah, of yeah. course. Many of us have. But the great thing with just getting old or even just having standard kind of operating procedures is we step back and we go, oh, yeah, I was going in there to find my tax folder. You remember why you were in there. So you just had a short lapse. But if you can't, remember why you were in there, that's a sign that you have some cognitive impairment. And um, when you start to have those short and often signs, you want to go see your physician and have uh, an exam. Bill Cosby used to say that, uh, he says, I know where all the memories are stored. They're st stored in my behind because <laughs> I go in one room, can't find what it, I can't remember what I went. And as soon as I go back in and sit down, <laughs> I remember is. why I got up in the first place. That's day. good. I had not heard that one. I might remember to use that. That, was, like that was back when Bill Cosby was a good guy before, mm -hmm. before uh, yes. yeah, stuff yes. has happened. <laughs> but uh, also, you guys have a, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, Mike, if you want to talk a little bit about, first of all, uh, uh, this three-part series that's coming up, Let's Fight Alzheimer's. Yeah, fantastic. So I've got a wonderful volunteer down in Kanab. Her name is Emily Shrope, and we're putting together a three-part series that will be online through Google Meet, and it's called Let's Fight Alzheimer's. So on June 10th, 17th, and 24th, we have three different programs uh, caregiver tips for everyone is this Wednesday, the 10th. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow at 1 p.m. And then on the 17th, it's love your body, love your brain. And that's about uh, taking care of yourself because if you take care of your body, that is going to help your brain. Your brain is the most active part. It's the central nervous system of your brain, of your body, making everything happen. Keep yourself healthy, and that will help reduce your cognitive impairment. And then uh, the topic we were just speaking about is on the 24th, is it old age or Alzheimer's? And we'll spend about 20 minutes or so each uh, session that starts at 1 p.m. on these uh, uh, event dates, talking about the topic at hand, and then we'll have question and answers with audience members. Emily's been a CNA. She's had experience personally and in the community working with people with Alzheimer's. I, of course, have some experience myself. So we hope to have good discussion and open it up. And the beauty of a session like this is people can tune in and be a part of it no matter where they're at. Google Meet is a simple platform. If they can give me a call and we'll cover those numbers at the end, I send them the link to the meeting. They just click on it from their uh, uh, Internet service, and they're right in on the meeting taking part. So I can do it on my phone or my yes, iPad or my laptop or my desktop or uh, exactly. just about anywhere. Huh? And there's even a call-in link if you want to just be a part of the event on your telephone. So it's wow. really simple. Wow, awesome. And, yeah. and again, the best way to, to get into that is to give you a call. Yes, that way I can send everybody the link, and uh, it's just not open to the public. Everybody that isn't supposed to be there is online. But, yeah, those that want to be a part of it, they can give me a call. Uh, or send me an email. That is mjmiller at alz.org, or the phone number is 435-238-4998.
Now, we've talked a lot about uh, trying to identify Alzheimer's and stuff, but and we talked about care, uh, caring, how you know how you should care for yourself and your brain yes, and your body, yes. but we, we don't talk that much about the caregivers. Uh, I would imagine, okay, if, if someone's sick, say they're, you know, say they have, uh, you know, some kind of sickness, uh, taking care of them can be a challenge, but usually their mental faculties are still there and, and mm-hmm. you know they can talk about appreciation and they can talk about the, the things that, that you're doing for them when you've got someone with alzheimer's quite often they won't even remember your name when it gets when it gets serious mike that's exactly right and that's what makes this such a challenging disease to serve in the caregiver role that dynamic as well as the length of time you know somebody's recovering from stroke or hip surgery might be six to eight weeks this could be four five six eight years mm-hmm. and when the person has forgotten your name, they don't respond well, you get frustrated, you might have animosity, you might get depressed. And all those uh, dynamics are increased over this time with COVID-19 because you're even more isolated right. because you're not able to get out and take those respite times that you might have had before so much. And uh, your contact with others is limited to online things. And that just heightens the uh, the, the the situation and stress so much more so it is difficult because um one of the sad things we say about this disease it's the one disease where you die twice i mean once you've kind of lost your mental faculties and you're not yourself but you're still there you still need care and that makes it very difficult if uh, if you have a caregiver out there that's feeling stressed alone frustrated what's what's the best course for them do you have some kind of help for them mike i do and and I want to remind folks, we've got a 24-7 helpline through the Alzheimer's Association. It's staffed by licensed uh, clinical social workers. That number is 800-272-3900. So call that number if you're ever at a point where you just say, I'm at wit's end, I don't know what to do, and you'll get some help. But, you know, for the caregiver, there are some things you can do right at home, simple things. Go out in your yard and enjoy some fresh air and take a walk. Take a break from that home environment. So that's really key is making sure you take care of yourself with a little bit of change of scenery. Listen to some music. Read a book. And I can tell you, at points you just wonder, am I ever going to get a break? I mean, that's the caregiver dynamic. You're under stress. You're physically uh, you know, forced to do a lot of things. And you just wonder, am I going to get a break? You have to... You have to take it yourself. The person you love is going to be okay. You can see them through the window. Get outside. Read the book. Enjoy some music. Mm-hmm. Rent a movie on a, a streaming movie and watch that. You, you've got to do some things for yourself. Get on the phone and talk to family members. It's not so easy now to have them come over and sit in the home so you can go shopping, but home health and hospice has resources and they have caregivers that can help out and that might be a resource that you could tap into but um, your own health is super important because if you're not up to par uh, and healthy and able to serve as that caregiver guess what you're not going to be able to provide that love and support that the care receiver needs your loved one your spouse your friend your aunt your uncle so it's a very uh, fluid dynamic that's always changing but number one is you you have to be top percent. Now, I'm a big believer in the power of music. In mm-hmm. fact, when I was in college, I wrote a paper on the doctrine of ethos. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of that. But basically, they took wild animals in different situations, and they played either uh, some, some uh, 
calm music, like classical music, uh, and then they played some uh, not so calm music. You might, you know, think Ozzy Osbourne type okay. music, <laughs> and the, the they observed over and over and over again that these wild animals were extremely affected by the kind of music that was being played, and you know, and for me, it's like I said, it's kind of been a lifelong passion to to kind of observe the effect that music has on personalities, both animals and humans and whatever. And I know that music is a big part of treatment for people with Alzheimer's is too, Mike. Definitely. And yeah, you bring up a great point. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a movement out there called, uh, relate, related to music and memories. And, you know, music has shown, as you've said, uh, that it can improve quality of life. Mm-hmm. It can reduce anxiety, depression, as well as aid in swallowing and then pain management. And those are big dynamics and, and protocols that come into place when you're serving and, and caring for a person with Alzheimer's. And the music type could relate to that person's era of life. Right. So maybe they love swing music or maybe the 60s rock or maybe they like classical music. And an individual could put together a playlist for that individual and it could be a regimen. At certain hours during the day, they, they play that music. And uh, that will f- have that calming effect in many cases. Not always, but the benefit of this is it's inexpensive and low risk to try this strategy and to put this together. There's a great organization out there called Music and Memory, and uh, musicandmemory.org is their website. So they curate these um, different uh, playlists, and a local organization here in the community called the Area Agency on Aging is licensed to put those uh, musical playlists on on iPads and give them to individuals so they can have those music uh, playlists at home in their personal possession and play them whenever needed. And I, I've seen videos of people that look practically comatose in a, in a wheelchair, and the music comes on, and their eyes light up, they get active, they're remembering, they're almost dancing in their wheelchairs. It is phenomenal. It's, uh, music is so powerful. Yes. I, I can hear a song, and it'll take me back to the, you know, the moment, maybe my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. or maybe while I was a missionary, or maybe you know, when, when I was first married or, or dating my, my wife. Uh, you hear a song and it takes you back immediately. And I think, the, the, I think we're just really even right now just barely tapping into how powerful that can be. Yes, and yeah, well said, because music is a part of our life. It's deep in the memory bank and elicits emotions and memories of, of, of the past. So it's fantastic. There is actually a little study going on that uh, showed that 78 of the, 78% of the participants in this music study experienced improvement in mood just through the application of music. So it's, it's being looked at even more, as you said. Uh, let's get into it a little bit deeper. But we know casually and effectively from some early survey work and just anecdotally seeing people's eyes light up and body begin moving a little bit more, that, that music can have a powerful impact. So that is something great that that caregiver can bring into their dynamic for themselves and the person they love. I, you know, music makes you want to dance, too, sometimes. Unfortunately, I'm a terrible dancer, so that doesn't really work on me. But at least every time I try, my daughters uh, break out in laughter. So I'm not sure what that means exactly. But, Time for TikTok, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, no. I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Uh, yeah, you got me on that one, Mike. Okay. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Mike Miller from the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, some of the cool things that they have going on, including... 
the walk for Alzheimer's coming up this fall. Yes, sir. And uh, hopefully we'll all social distance and mm-hmm. wear, wear, wear purple masks and things like <laughs> right. that. So, all right. Uh, stay with us, Mike. We'll be right back. I do want to thank Joe Shoney. He's a local loan consultant. His specialty is customer service. In fact, he proves it with the online uh, social survey dot website. He has uh, 359 reviews. The incredible average is 4.91 out of five stars. Most recent ones, uh, Amanda says, I wish I could give Joe and his team 100 stars. They're so quick to respond when above and beyond on everything. This is Cassandra. She said, Joe made sure we were taken care of and always answered my questions that we had. Phone number for Joe Shoney is 435-590-6300, or you can email Joe, joe.shoney, S-E-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking with Mike Miller from the Alzheimer's Association. And, Mike, uh, your website, alz.org, best way to, to learn more about this kind of stuff? Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk, uh, maybe finish up our thoughts about music. I'm seeing Sting and Leanne Womack. Those are big names. Yes, they are. Um, this is exciting for us as uh, an organization. We uh, brought together 10 uh, musicians or musical groups and have a program called Music Moments Initiative. And what's fantastic about this is these musicians from all genres have... Uh, connection to Alzheimer's and so some of them wrote specific songs some of them uh, sang covers and Sting uh, chose sitting on the dock of the bay as classic yeah yeah, you bet so uh, he chose that and Leon Womack dreaming my dreams with you so we've got Grammy winning artists here that uh, put together songs to highlight a connection to Alzheimer's to increase awareness. We have some younger artists, too, and I did not know these uh, names, but Jason Isbell and The Head and the Heart uh, did numbers, too. Um, so the website for this is alz.org music moments. Wait, 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 wait. You left one off. Joan Jett is on this album. Yeah, you took Joan you, you, Jett. Okay, there you go. I, was, I uh, mean, come on. <laughs> doesn't get any better, does it? She just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. Right. So, like I said, it's, it's a great mix of uh, musicians. Uh, ten songs, the storylines, their connection to the disease. So you can see the, uh, the recordings of them singing these songs read the backstory, or just listen to the audio. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So it's Music Moments. It's alz.org slash music moments to get into that and uh, find out about the power of music as we've already been talking in life and uh, in the community around us. And by the way, Joan, uh, in, the, in the picture there on that website, it looks really good. Leanne Womack, look, La, Womack looks really good. Sting's looking old. Well, you know, some people get old, okay, Andy? That happens. But luckily enough, with radio, we never know. My kids, re- my kids remind me all the time that I'm looking old. So maybe it's because my mustache has turned white. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's cool. ALZ.org slash music moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk. We only have uh, four or five minutes left. Let's talk about your... Uh, Walk to End Alzheimer's coming up this fall. All right. And you made a hint at this, Andy, in your earlier segment. Like, what are we going to do? Would we go out to a Dixie State football game this Saturday if Mm -hmm. it was happening? And what would that look like? Well, we have 600 walks against Alzheimer's across the country. And we're looking at that very thing. How will these walks operate? How can we have them? This is too important of a cause to just leave behind. So we're going to continue these walks. We're still looking at the format. We will walk as individuals, as family teams, as corporate teams. We just 
don't have all the details yet, but coming up on uh, October 10th is our walk date here in St. George at Dixie State. And just up the road a little bit on September 19th, we have our walk in Cedar City at SUU. But the purpose of the walk is to increase awareness, present resources to people, advocate for the cause, raise money to support research and programs in the communities. The best thing about this walk is it brings people together to celebrate memories and the lives of those that they know. could be somebody they've lost or somebody that's walking with them that very day. These are Saturday walks that start at 9 in the morning, and uh, you'll be hearing more about it in the uh, coming weeks. But we're taking registrations right now, getting people signed up, renewed, and it's a big event. It's our biggest event of the year and would be an exciting uh, event to participate in uh, if you've got a connection to the disease. There is no cure to Alzheimer's, but Mike, will there ever be? Is is there? It seems so complex because it's inside the brain. Mm. It's not like we can find an antibiotic or yeah. or a vaccination. It, it, are we are we headed that way? Is there someday maybe going to be some kind of cure? That's our dream. Yeah. You know, we we push hard on on research. We've been able to. Uh, bring forth more money for research than ever before. We're over the, the uh, $200 billion mark for research, and that's uh, important for uh, $2 billion, excuse me, $2 billion for research. That, that research is going to find that cure. I mean, we know some of the causes. We need to figure out the way to eliminate those causes taking plates, which is plaques and, tau- and, and tangles in your uh, neurological uh, pathways in your brain. We want to find out how to get rid of those or stop them from going there. So right now we focus on that plus lifestyle habits like we spoke about earlier. My friend was telling me his, his mom came down with uh, with Alzheimer's late in life and uh, every day he would go in to see her and, and he would say, hey mom, do you know who I am? And she'd smile and say, I have no idea. I don't know who anybody is, but I'm sure glad you're here. Oh, nice. It doesn't always turn out that way. A lot of times, uh, I know my, my wife's grandma turned a little bit, uh, her personality changed a lot as she mm-hmm. suffered from dementia late in life and uh, she was hard to take. It was it was tough. So this is a, a, a scary mystery that we're trying to unravel and the only way we can do that is uh, doing stuff like you're doing mike right being together taking part of uh national movements doing some research learning more about it and taking part in research studies and getting behind the movement that's right all right so what are maybe the best ways we can do that mike how can we support uh, your organization all right so research wise alz.org that's the national website for videos printed information connections to all kinds of resources locally my number here in st george is 435-238-4998 my email is mjmiller at alz.org and I'm in this five-county footprint uh, that your broadcast range covers very well. And uh, 800 number for the helpline if you uh, need some help with the resources, 1-800-272-3900. Exactly. And uh, now i, I got to ask you as we wrap this up, would, would you, Mike, go to a sporting event right now if there was social distancing? That was the topic of the day on the show. Yes. I just wanted to get your take on it. Yes. I mean, I'm cautious of the social distancing. I'm, I'm and so, yeah, with the right protocols, yeah, I'd go. Would you fly on an airplane? Wouldn't go that far. No. <laughs> Too confined of an environment. Yeah, imagine if you're on a, say, say you got to go to, I don't know, South America, you're on a plane for eight, 15 hours or something. Yeah. I just can't imagine breathing that air with the who knows who mm-hmm. for 15 hours. That would be scary. Wouldn't be my first choice of activity, no. 
All right. Again, folks, they have the uh, three-part series, Let's Fight Alzheimer's. It's a virtual series. It's online, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you go through Google Meet. Uh, tomorrow, it's Caregiver Tips for Everyone. It's 1 o'clock tomorrow. And then next Wednesday, Love Your Body, Love Your Brain. And uh, on the 24th, is is it old age or Alzheimer's? Now, you need to have an invite. You need to kind of have right. a password. So uh, give Mike a call again. What's the phone number one more time, Mike? 435-238-4998. And uh, you can email Mike, mjmiller at alz.org. Yes. Mike, thanks so much for coming in today. And this is a, you know, it's funny. I don't actually have anyone close to me that has Alzheimer's. Mm. And everybody says, why, why are you so supportive of, of you know, this, this cause? And I was like, well, I mean, if you just think about it, like you said, you, you, you actually die twice when you get Alzheimer's. The, the yes. first time is when you lose, you know, the, the one you love loses their ability to even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, eventually they, they do die uh, in, real, in real life. But, boy, that's just, that breaks my heart just thinking about it. I agree. I, I appreciate your support. And listeners, uh, you may not have Alzheimer's or even know someone, but the more you know, the more you can help your neighbors, the people you go to church with, and the people you meet. So that's why it's important to keep this uh, wide and deep as far as education and awareness. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk to you today. I'll be back tomorrow. Join me then. Thanks for listening.